Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Steve and Johnny, Johnny and Steve. Bobby Rush is only the tip of the iceberg. Yes, we got five hours of programming that we're going to squeeze in in the next few hours. We, we've been talking with Santa, and he's been telling us how to fit five <laughs> hours into a much smaller sack. Yeah, it's kind of how I felt when I tried to put my pants on tonight. <laughs> putting, <laughs> putting a whole lot of me. Anything pants. I say, I know. Don't is, is don't touch that. Okay, gonna get me taken off Santa's list real quick. Hey, Ron Brown is in the newsroom for just a few more minutes because we're gonna let him cut out of here because you've had a long day, right, Ron? Yeah, that's true. But I'm certainly gonna be listening. Bobby Rush, holy cow! Christmas yeah. comes early. Wow. You yeah. interviewed Bobby Rush in Memphis. You were telling me. Yeah, down at well, in Mississippi, I worked down at the Mississippi Public Radio, and I did a story on the Rhythm Club fire, which was a big fire in 19. 19- Forty, mm-hmm. and there was a blues song that Howlin' Wolf did called Natchez Burning, and uh, Bobby was telling me all that. He was giving me some really good background information, and it was he was telling me how uh, he knew about the Natchez cl- uh, Club Fire uh, or the Natchez the Rhythm Club Fire in mm-hmm. Natchez through that song. And so I interviewed him, and he's told me the story. And as you can imagine, he's a wonderful storyteller as, mm-hmm. as everything else. There's nothing he can't do. Well, now, how did I pick up on Memphis? Because, of course, I am from just north of Memphis. You said something about Memphis when you were talking about Bobby. Uh, if I did, I misspoke, yeah, because I was down in Mississippi. Mississippi, okay. Memphis. It's been a long night. It was the South. That's <laughs> yeah, right. It was Southern, yeah. yeah. Yes. Speaking of a, of a long night, boy, and speaking of Tennessee, yes. wow. Yeah. Some awful storms. Wow. Uh, w- which area was hit worst? It, it's just kind of around the Nashville area, but... There were, yeah, there were several communities uh, just around the Nashville area, and... Uh, uh, several people have died. You know, there's and, and as they go through the cleanup, that 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 number could rise, and, and wow. several people injured as well. well. It's just awful. I am checking on our Spike Odell even as we speak because does he live there? Yeah, yeah. Spike lives in Nashville, but I saw yeah. a post uh, earlier from uh, Spike's wife Karen, yeah, and she was saying they were okay. She was asking uh, for other people in in their area to kind of check in and she said uh hendersonville gallatin goodlettsville peeps are you all okay we're okay yeah Um, middle tennessee yeah yeah and they're talking about how the power is out all around there and well we had some crazy weather here today it was really strong winds and i i felt for people who were you know out Trying to hang lights yeah. and things, it'd be hanging from the the rafters. Yeah, it was it was deceptive because it was mild, yeah. but you still had that wind, and, and that's when scary things happen, especially it's unusual. Yeah, in right there in that center part of Tennessee, whenever there are those really yeah. bad storms, it's that collision of. And for some warm reason, it, it seems like it's gotten a lot worse in that area. I want to say within the past uh, fifteen years or yeah. so, because for years we would travel from Chicago down to Panama City Beach on. I-65, and increasingly, as we'd be coming back from uh, PCB, coming through Nashville, there would be horrible situations. Mm -hmm. Uh, One night, it was so bad, we decided to stay in Nashville, and it's good that we did, because the area we were going to be traveling on, 
a horrible tornado just yeah. devastated everything. Yeah. yeah, was that the Dyersville? Wasn't there a Dyersville tornado? Yes. yes. In fact, we were driving yeah. and stopped just prior to that one because we, we called we, Tom Skilling. And Skilling said, you stop. guys should really stop. Yeah. If yeah. we hadn't stopped, we would have been right when yeah. that tornado hit. Mm-hmm. Wow. So scary at nighttime, too, because you don't know what to do. And if you hear sirens, you're lucky, but you might be asleep and not hear the sirens. Yeah. And as we talked to Tom many times, if you're in your car, what do you do? I, I just... I. You get out and jump in a ditch? It would be a hard thing to do, a hard thing to leave the car. And that's what everybody says to do, but no. No. Uh, Sorry, not going to happen. can't do that. In in theory, it sounds great, but in practice, uh, who wants to do that? It it seems safer in a car, but... Yeah. But... uh, We get on out of here. You can leave. Uh, oh, so I can, so I can, uh, so I can listen to the Steve and Johnny show. Yes, you can yes. get your car, punch your time clock, get your car, get on out it of here. It takes me about forty minutes to get home, and I'm smiling. Oh, you guys have the best guests. I mean, Aww. you had the Joel Patterson. I mean, geez, I'm like, I'm just smiling all the way. Going, oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So it's a good show. I'm just happy to be a very small part of it. Oh, it's thanks a well, lot. You, you are a large part of it. Uh, speaking of uh, cool guests, next week Susie Bogus is going to be joining mm-hmm. us again wow yes. she's great she has yes. a new album that is amazing her new, her new album is one of the best albums she's ever done what yeah. a great singer oh and we just booked for the end of the year we're going to have wayne baker brooks in studio oh yep. my gosh yeah. I, these, <laughs> the hits just keep on coming <laughs> that's right we're going to wrap up this year big time yeah wow fantastic. <laughs> well be safe going home because it's kind of nutty out there all right thank you okay take care and the keeper of the big plug uh bob is in the studio with us bob fakuda actually that would be Grandpa Bob. That's true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Bob, you're telling us off the air on Christmas Eve you're doing the Bears game. Right. Is that a daytime game? It's, it's supposed to be a, a 3 o'clock, three o'clock start, game, but who knows. Okay. It's going to be against Arizona, so it's like, you know, the bottom feeder bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Somebody will come up with that. Yeah. Can we sponsor that? <laughs> who would be the... Hmm. I want to say newspaper, since that's where it goes, in the bottom of the birdcage, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So how's your week been? So far, so good. Good, good. Got to spend a lot of time with my grandson. You did. I I got a picture today of Bob. Do you mind if I post a picture? Does does his mama mind? I I told her it was coming. If we make him a star? That's fine. (laughs) Thora needs to be seen. So, In fact, speaking of pictures, I did post some pictures. Not some of my best, because the road... Boats were bumpy tonight as we were but driving. But some very in. cool pictures. If you go to our, uh, our Facebook page, which cleverly is called facebook.com <laughs> slash Steve and Johnny Show. You have and to I, check. I, yeah, I say that because Facebook has, they've been doing weird stuff this past week. And I've heard from a lot of people that are saying they're not seeing things in their feed they used to see. There's yeah. some things that we posted that, uh, that we were surprised the, the way Facebook handled it. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a. Uh, another friend uh, who had something that Facebook said, no, you can't do that, and, but there was nothing wrong with it. It's just yeah, Facebook yeah. is meta, Yes, is, is doing well, strange things this week. In fact, one of the things we posted that Facebook, for whatever reason, said, no, the world cannot see this, is it was 12 years ago tonight that we signed off our last full-time show here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 12 years ago. That's crazy. In fact, uh, speaking of that, I know we're going to do shout-outs in a little bit, but a shout-out to uh, Gary and Sue. 
Yes. Who are uh, heading back to the Chicago area from Huntington, Indiana. Gary and Sue were in the studio with us for yes. our last show 12 years ago this night, our, our last full-time show. Right, right. Um that was a. I, I just wish you all could see the video because it was a great time when we had a just a jam packed studio with all kinds of fascinating people. And, and, and we don't understand why Facebook is apparently some people can't see it at all. Some people can see it, and some people are seeing a still shot. And uh, the short story is this is a video that our friend Will Crockett, who longtime listeners may remember, Will Crockett is an extraordinary photographer. He used to join us once a month to talk about photography. And for our last show, he did a video of everybody in the studio singing Get By With A Little Help From My Friends. Mm-hmm. We posted that. We had like 25 people in studio with us singing. We posted that, and for whatever reason, Facebook is saying, well, some people can see it and some people can't. Because it's and good. They, we want to keep it from <laughs> Hang it on your mother. Oh, don't do that. Then <laughs> We won't have anything <laughs> next time you sign on. They might be listening. But we did post pictures of the house decorations, the outside of the house. Yes. Santa, and, Santa's cute blonde elf. Yes. Outdid I, herself. I and if you myself. go to our Facebook page, you will see some of the pictures of, uh, of the work that Santa's cute blonde elf did this week. The weather was in my favor because, like, Thursday was, uh, was it like in the 50s? Mm-hmm. It was a little windy. By the way, I, I'm interrupting because yes. I want to address the person who said, Oh, did Lou Manfredini <laughs> do those decorations? I'm sorry. Yes. No. Yes. He posted, no. <laughs> Did your friend Lou Manfredini <laughs> do those? No. Lou is not into hiring himself out decorating, I don't think. Um, Bob Shagan has said no. Like, we're we're all three like, really, Lou? (laughs) But it was sweet. He came back and said, oh, well, you did a good job. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm cheaper, too. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We will do a little shout-out. Coming up, we have Bobby Rush in studio with us. We're going to tell you about a play about his life. Also, a little later tonight, we're going to uh, check in with our friend Gary Calabono, uh, who a lot of you remember Gary. He used to be uh, the Moondog. He was one of the founders of the Chicago Comic Con, and Mm -hmm. there's something going on related to that that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Tom Appel is going to join us. We're going to talk cars and some of the problems that he had specifically with the electric vehicle charging. Oh, my gosh. He was not a happy... No. I mean, when when Tom Appel starts using expletives on Mm -hmm. Facebook, that's why Facebook got mad. (laughs) Because Tom Appel... Was not holding back in his feelings about some of the electric vehicle charging. It's all Tom's fault. And it was so mild, too, but it was still shocking coming from Tom because he was really, he was really ticked off. But he'll tell us all the details later on tonight when we talk cars. Uh, let's see. We got a lot coming up. As we say, we've got a five-hour show. Somebody writes here in a text, we know Steve wants to help you if you're having trouble with your clothes fitting. It sounds, let me click on this, it's, it sounds like Steve was doing laundry. That's it! That's it. The clothes shrunk. It has nothing to do with Thanksgiving and Christmas cookies and any of that stuff. <laughs> Not a thing. Steve, no more laundry. Wait a minute. Uh, I almost that, said, Okay, well, then no, I will no, never, um, ever do laundry again. Never I'm mind. just, you know, just yes. here to help. So I yes. will never touch laundry again. <laughs> uh, laundry is your domain. Thank you to our listener who um, 
suggested that. I want to take a moment and do a shout out to our uh, kind listeners who tuned in again this week. Oh, and and can I start the shout outs? Mm -hmm. Because we want to do a shout out to Randy, Mm -hmm. the super bagger from Jewel. Hi, Randy, who has been listening to us for a long, long time and is one of our absolute favorite people. She is at the Jewel in Evanston on Howard, just uh, east of McCormick. And uh, I told her as she was bagging my groceries the other day, I'm going to say your name on the radio. So, hi, Randy. And we also wanted to mention Al from the Manor at Sandwich. Yes, because Al has been listening to us forever, 25-year retiree from Walmart. So, Al, thank you for tuning in. Tonight, JP from Peoria is tuned in. He's a big fan of Tom Appel's. Uh, also tonight, we have Gina listening from Colorado. Don is in Kalamazoo, and he says a shout-out to thanks for having Bobby Rush on. Uh, Mark Lindsay is checking in from Aurora. And, uh, boy, Mark goes back a few years with us. Lloyd Moncrief is in Ottawa. Jeffrey Welshans is in Elkins, West Virginia. Cindy Gia is tuned in. Christine Failing in Plainfield. Uh, Brian Lefevre tuned in from Bridgeport. Beautiful Bridgeport. Peter Jacobowitz is in Citrus County, Florida. Peter listens on his Sea Crane Wi-Fi 3 radio. Thanks, Peter. Uh, Also tuned in tonight, Steve West in Kankakee and Mike Sieber in Des David Kaufman is in Bloomington, Illinois. Gene Jacobson in Milwaukee. Our buddy Chuck Snitchler, number one fan of this radio station, our best friend. He's in Ho Ho Hobart, Indiana. <laughs> Jane Reinhardt tuned in. Patsy Colner is in Kenosha. Cher Malone is in Kenosha, K Town. Beverly Goodall tuned in. John Couture is uh, listening in Warren, Michigan. Thank you, John. Holly Lichtman is in Highland Park. Stephen Verheeren is listening. Rita Raji is in Fort Worth, Texas tuned in. Judy B in Oaklawn, Illinois. Susie Schemmel is in Glen Ellen. Janet, uh, ooh, forgive me, Janet. It's Gellert. She's in Gainesville, Florida. And thank you for tuning in. But and how is she listening? Let me see what she tells us. I'm listening on the app from Gainesville. Okay. Uh, she's, I uh, have to say, it's been difficult since we got here getting used to Publix because <laughs> we're used to Dominic's. I hear you. Boy, we go through the same thing. Patricia Pintari is a number one fan of our show and of WGN. Helen Bolgren is listening on her AM radio. Celine Ellers is in Chicago. Thankfully, Chicago tuned in tonight. Nancy Hollins We're is... We're getting tu- out to Chicago tonight? <laughs> yep. Nancy Hollins is on the North Shore, tuned in. Patricia Gerald in Naperville. And Tim Mattis, who sent us a whole bunch of good stuff, is listening to us in Hayes, Kansas tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. We got a lot of things planned for tonight. As we said, Bobby Rush is going to be joining us in a little bit. And uh, along with Bobby is going to be a guy that I really want to meet, uh, Stephen Helper. Mm-hmm. He is the writer-director of Slipping Through the Cracks, which is a play all about Bobby Rush's life. His life, and it uh, it was uh, it opened last night. The premiere was last night at the Goodman Theater for this new Stars Festival. It was sold out. It was so well-received, but that must be a kick and a half yeah. to see a 13-year-old up there portraying you. Mm-hmm. And Bobby's a kid of 90, just yeah. had his 90th birthday. And he's doing great. I'm looking forward to this. Also coming up a little later tonight, uh, Gary Calabono, the Moondog, the uh, mm-hmm. man who was uh, one of the founders of the Chicago Comic Con. 
And there's a real interesting Comic-Con-related thing going on that we want to tell you about. Uh, Tom Appel will be joining us, the uh, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. And coming up next week, we have Susie Bogus, who has one of the best albums she has ever yes. made. Yes. She'll be joining us next week. I know. It week. sounds like we say that every time we... But this is different. This is... She wrote everything on the album, and that's why it's different, because uh, the, uh, these songs are so heartfelt. It's it's really, really yeah. special. And she got a cookbook, too. Yeah. A soup cookbook. We're going to talk about that a little bit, because you'll have time still to order it before Christmas. And speaking of Christmas, next week we're going to be talking with Jeremy Arnold, who's the author of a real interesting book, Christmas at the Movies. Mm-hmm. He just updated his book, so if you like to look up movies that you've never seen before that have a Christmas theme, I mean, this guy has the, he's written the encyclopedia of Christmas at mm-hmm. the movies, so that's going to be fun talking to him. I want to sneak in a couple of people who just texted. A listener from 630 said, I have talked with two seed crane technicians. Suffice it to say, they, that you would not believe Suffice it to say that you would not believe the meticulous care and detail that goes into the design of each C-Crane model radio. Oh, I would believe it because, you know, we've experienced the results of their hard work. And it is, it's amazing. Uh, also tuned in tonight uh, from 708 area code from Elburn. That must be our buddy Ryan out in Elburn. Yeah. Where... We always have to say... We have fond, fond memories yes, of Elburn. And we miss the Fisherman Inn yeah. out in Elburn. One of the first uh, big dates that him and her had. Yes. And we still have the... The matchbooks. <laughs> the matchbooks that have our names on them. Because that was back in the day, 40 years ago, when everybody was still smoking. They they embossed your name in yeah. gold on a matchbook and set it up as your table setting. <laughs> Boy, 40 years. Wow. <laughs> uh, stick around because we are going to be talking live in studio with Bobby Rush and Stephen Helper. He's the guy behind the play about Bobby Rush's life right here on WGN Radio. You're going to wish you had a man like me. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. This is one of those times when I really, really hate to interrupt this song because it is so bleeping good. It is. But if I didn't, we wouldn't get a chance to introduce Blues Royalty, who is in the studio with us now. Yes, yes. Bobby Rush, two-time Grammy winner, nominated for his best traditional blues album for his new album, All My Love For You, which Mm. belongs in your record collection. It is so good. Absolutely. And... Joining Bobby in studio with us is the man that uh, was responsible for one of my all-time favorite musical plays. Smokey Joe's Cafe. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And now, slipping through the cracks, the blues journey of Bobby Rush, which opened last night at the Goodman Theater New Stage um, Stages Festival. Bobby, we got to hush up and say hello, my friend. Well, you don't have to hush up. Just oh, say hello. <laughs> oh, it's such a pleasure. Well, I'm like having a pinch me moment. Thank you. It's not so much the embarrassment to the guy, but when I walked in the door, you were so beautiful, <laughs> and the other guy was 
<laughs> I can't call them ugly, but not attractive. <laughs> well, you can stay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for well, being here. Bobby, thank I want to thank you for changing your schedule because we understand that you were supposed to be going back home and you changed your schedule so you'd be in the studio with because us. Thank I, you so I, much, I, my I friend. I need to talk about this album. I need to talk about uh, this station. I need to talk about myself. And the time that I spent in Chicago, man. I spent yeah. almost 50 years here, man. You did? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, yeah. and uh, trust me, I, I did not. I knew about the, the television station, but I didn't know about the radio station. So oh. I wanted to come here just like home from home from oh. you know, way out. Well, so you grew up in Louisiana. Grew out, well, I was born in Louisiana. Louisiana. And then you went came? To, went to Arkansas for a minute. But that's because your daddy was a preacher, my, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Traveling preacher, that is. Oh, okay. In 1951, I come to Chicago. And I lived here for four to eight and a half years and played the blues and starved to death almost. Mm. And uh, I've just been doing what I've been doing now for this makes 71 years of it. Well, you know? happy and for, for anybody birthday. who doesn't know, uh, Bobby recently hit the uh, the ripe young age of 90. Yes. And I don't know where you get your energy. We saw a video of you on stage at Buddy Guys Legends. You have got more energy than any six people I've come in touch with in the last week. I give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say clean, li- clean living. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's that's one. Um, yeah, yeah, which means you don't drink, you don't smoke, and and right. I don't know. That's one. I'm, 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 I'll put that one. Okay. Um, no, I'm just blessed. I'm, I, I laugh yeah. about it and joke about it, but uh, I don't take it for granted. I'm just blessed to be around doing what I'm doing this long. And I'm still enthused about doing what I do. Well, and I'm still learning. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's yeah. the secret to it. You're doing what you love to do. what I love to do in the yeah. God, man. I'm, I'm on high. You know, I, I talks about a man can live a long time without water or food, but you can't live long without hope. I still have hope. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'm still striving, striving to do some other thing. Yeah. That's awesome. And you did it. You made this new album and then the play last night. Slipping they, through the cracks. In fact, uh, let me bring in uh, the man who's the uh, writer director of Slipping Through the Cracks, Stephen Helper. Uh, Stephen, first of all, thank you for being here. Pleasure. And and thank you for doing Smoky Joe's Cafe, which is one of the best things I've ever seen. But how did you and Bobby meet? How did you two uh, get together? Well, it started out because uh, on the radio wasn't this station but on another radio station i heard the song sue one of his most you know a uh-huh. fairly fav- uh, favorite and certainly famous song of his but i did not know it and i thought this is a great song it's so funny it's so bluesy and if i was in a theater which is where i come from the theater world mm-hmm. i would love to hear this song in a theater because it tells a story it's very funny he knows how to set up a joke like nobody else i know <laughs> and uh so i heard that song and so i looked him up on wikipedia and my god i said this guy's gotta have a story man he's gotta have a huge story and uh so I contacted his manager who, you know, I don't think anyone, and I don't mean this in any negative way, was necessarily knocking down his door to talk, tell his life story. No. But that's a shame because he has got an incredible story. Yeah. And then we, got, we met in Memphis. He was doing a gig. We met. It was, dare I say it, and you can verify this, Bobby yeah. Rush, it was love at first sight. Hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That's great. There's sometimes when you just connect with somebody. Yeah. Well, I think he took one look at me and said, I think I can trust this guy. <laughs> and uh, Well, that's important because it's his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Right. And he has been very, uh, 
very confidential with me. He has mm-hmm. told me a lot of stuff, some stuff he's never told anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I felt incredibly honored and privileged. And I'm an incredibly good listener. And I internalize what I hear so that when it comes out on the page, it sounds like him. Oh, that's He's so cool. modest about it. He Not only he turned out uh, uh, almost like he turned out 100% and better than what I could really? even talk about my own self to be. He can just... You can just put it on paper and put it in perspective where you can understand it better than I could tell him about my life. Wow. Bobby, let, let me ask you, because uh, Stephen said that he, you had the feeling that you could trust him. Yeah. You came, When you started out in Chicago, We Johnny and I have talked with a ton of people mm-hmm. from those days, Chess Records, VJ, whatever, and a lot of people who grew up at that time, feeling, no, they couldn't trust the people who were running the record companies, the people who said they were taking care of their money. We have talked to any of a number of hit makers who still can't get the royalties that the companies stole from them years ago. How did you get to a point where, A, you were more independent, and B, you feel comfortable trusting people now? I always had this insight, spiritual I could tell what people were coming at me wrong way, I mean me good or bad. But sometimes I was in a position I couldn't do anything about it. So I had to take what they brought to me in order to get over the hump. What happened, I lived long enough and did some, some things God had blessed me enough that I don't have to take certain things now and I can speak my word about what I don't like or what I don't want to do. That don't mean everything I do that I want to do. I do some things. I meet someone halfway or what I should or should not do. When I met Steve, I looked at him, be honest with you. I said, here's a guy there. I just love this guy, but can he write? <laughs> and I kind of underestimated him. And he got that. into my head and with my family and the whole bit. And he I mean, he spelled it out and put it on paper. I was knocked off my feet, <laughs> his talent and what he could put together and what to say and what not to say. Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. Oh, God. We got so much to talk about with Bobby Rush and Stephen Helper. And before we take a break, Stephen, is there any chance that this play is going to go to Broadway? Absolutely. I got my fingers crossed, you see. That is our goal. Because you have have quite a wonderful track record on Broadway. So uh, you know, uh, I'm hoping it'll pay off for Bobby Rush. I mean, it would be great great for me, of course, but my... uh, you know, as they say in the Blues Blues Brothers movie, I feel like I'm on a mis- um, on a mission, <laughs> mission from, from God. God. Yeah, <laughs> really, really do. That is well, a- well, again, just be, I know we have to break, but just before we do, we're getting a lot of texts from people wanting to know: Was the Goodman show a one night thing, or what? What's the future of this play in Chicago at this point? Uh, the quick answer is that yes, it was a one night thing. We were very, they were very gracious in in wanting us to do it. They know it's a great Chicago story, which it is, a great human story as well. And we're hoping that the Goodman Theater will say after the incredible standing ovations we got last night, they'll say, yeah, Chicago needs this show, the Goodman needs this show, and we want to do it next year. They haven't said that. Mm-hmm. And also, the Court Theater, which is another wonderful theater here in Chicago, they're really keen about it, too. So Good. between the two of them, we would love to, be pre-Broadway, we mm-hmm. would love to make it happen here in Chicago. I'm going to put you on the spot, if you don't mind. If you find out that either of those theaters is going to to make it a permanent thing or, or, or do it again, 
Will you come back and let us know? Uh, yeah, of course. You'll we need be the to tell the first them. to know. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> cool. We are going to take a quick break. Then we'll come back with the one and only Bobby Rush and Stephen Helper. So we have theater royalty and we have blues royalty in the house with us tonight. We are not worthy. <laughs> I know, but we'll have to do for the next few minutes uh, right here on WGN. I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one. To put the punk in the booth. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. Put your hand on the radio, everybody. Say amen. amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Bobby Rush in the house with us. He's the one who put the funk in the blues. And I got to just quickly say that song is in Slipping Through the Crack. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. That's your that's your life right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That a, is I so I put cool. the funk in the blues, you know. And w- briefly off the air, I said, save it for on the air. We started talking about Muddy and and BB and you Kyle and, and you worked with all those guys when you yeah. first came to Chicago. Man, I remember BB uh, King, Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters was real old. He was twenty nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> and he, <laughs> you were just a teenager. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a teenager. And he listen, Muddy Waters had this birthday on Silver's Line on Lake Street, and uh, he was having this twenty nine year birthday. And he invited me by, and I forgot his birthday party. I went by at ten thirty. The party was over. He was hanging out the one. He said, "Blood." He called me Blood. Come on around to the back, and he had all the old women's up there. They were twenty seven, twenty eight <laughs> years really old. old ones, yeah. One was thirty three years old. Oh my God. I, 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 I mean, get out of with the old ladies. <laughs> thirty three years home. old. <laughs> so you left? I left. I left him. How crazy could I be? I left Muddy Water because oh. the lady was too old. Oh my I'm like God. 18 years old now. You oh, know. man. Well, you know, um, Stephen mentioned the song Sue. <laughs> it really got your attention. Yes, sir. And there was there, there was a Sue, right? Her name wasn't Sue, I'm sure. Well, her name wasn't Sue. Her name was Emma Jean Rainey. My dad had been a preacher. Her father was a preacher. Oh, no. She was like 15 years old, mm. and so was I. But in a time of, you know, when a lady 15... They're like twenty five years old. <laughs> Got more advanced than late than men, you know. So my so I I was I liked this girl. So my daddy told me, said, Junior, I'm name up my father. I said, Yes, sir. He said, Don't mess with that girl. She'll do anything. And he should have never told me that. Oh, <laughs> oh man. No, man. Well, I couldn't wait till the sun go down. <laughs> <laughs> and being born and raised a Baptist, I got to tell you, we were always warned about the preacher's kids. So now that was two preacher kids, right? <laughs> Didn't you understand? Oh, my goodness. He, he should have never told me shit. She said, boy, you shouldn't live with that girl. She'll do anything. Oh, my God. So she became the the inspiration yes, for the song. For my did, song. Did she ever know that she that no, song no, was No, no, she never didn't know that. She didn't know about the song, but she knew about the thing before the song. <laughs> of course she did. Yes. And the punchline of the song is, she pulled my shoes off. Uh-huh. But I think that might be a little euphemism. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's kind of a master. A, a master. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's a master at that. Like, oh, you could take that a couple ways, yeah, couldn't you no, now? We should have him in this. No, no. No. <laughs> Bobby, let, let me take you back to, to your early days in Chicago. You very quickly learned that you needed to control your own career. Yeah, and the career and the masters and the writing and and the whole bit. My my, I, I need to control where I was going. Mm-hmm. 
and I didn't know how to do that. But in in, in Chicago, I had some people who really put me on the right track of doing that. Mm-hmm. And some of the track was they misused me and made me learn how not to be misused and all to learn what I need to do. For so myself. you learned the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to write till I find a good writer. I was going to promote till I find somebody to promote me. I was going to produce myself till I find a producer. And I went up doing all these things for myself because I couldn't find no one to do it. Mm-hmm. So one day I woke up after 27 years, I was this guy that doing all these things for <laughs> myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned the hard way, but wow. then again, it's the, it's the good way and the best way. Yeah. As I said to our, to our mutual friend Lynn Orman earlier, you were the Taylor Swift of your day. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah That's well, going they, in the show. It, 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 yeah. yeah. And now you know. Yeah. yeah wow. Right. But but really, you were in in the minority uh, right. in, in that you were yeah. controlling your own career, your master's, master's you, and, and what was going to happen with your career. That just wasn't done in those days. I wasn't trying to control. I was trying to be, I was trying to keep you from doing me wrong and find out in if you keep them from doing you wrong, you will be in control. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I just learned through my mistakes, and and I, and I always talk about if you learn through your mistake, it's really not a mistake; it's a stepping stone to what you should mm-hmm. or should not do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good lesson yeah. right there. Yeah, you know, it hurts, and yeah, you, you yeah. sometimes you slide back a little bit, but pick yourself up and. Same thing yeah. makes you laugh. Same thing makes you cry. Oh, wow. You're just full of them tonight. And you know, you know, that's why about half the dialogue of Flipping Through the Cracks is actually things like that. He's actually said, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, t- he compliments me greatly on, on, uh, on my writing, but he's given me incredible, um, not just life material to work with, but these, these phrases yeah. that he has honed over a long, long time period of experience hmm. that is worthy of sharing with a, a big audience and absolutely but you know to add to that every time i've been in one of my valleys or low points in my life somebody or something that come along lift me up you come along in my life lift me up to do this and yesterday i had planned to go home today when you told me about this show i said i gotta stay over to do this that was another uplift to me mm. to come here and do this because you were talking about how you had been on the air and you was off the air. You didn't know that I knew about you because I'm one of the first uh, guy who's went into WVON in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. one of the owner of the station. I never talked about that Oh, for 47 years. So I know a lot about the radio. So that's why I know a lot about your program and what you do. Wow. Wow. So, so you were you were one of the owners of, yes. originally of right. the Because growing up, now Johnny and I have a mixed marriage. She's a north side girl. I'm a south side guy. But I grew up. <laughs> that's why I like you. <laughs> sing it. I was born in 1943, grew up on the south side, and listened to VON yeah. all the time. I mean, uh, Herb Kent, uh, Purvis yeah, Spann, right. driving home from gigs at night, listening to Purvis Spann saying, don't call me, man. I only want to talk to girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that. Herb Kent would talk about Jim, Cru- Jim Shoe Creeper. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Shoe Creeper. 
and skizzards. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, well, while yeah, I am, you got that one song called Skizzards is a Do. Yes. Skizzards is a Do. Before we take a break for news, Gabe is in the newsroom. Gabe, you want to chime in here? Well, well, well obviously, I, I don't have the listening experience uh, that all of you have, but I did work for a VON a couple times. You so, did? About a decade ago. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's our news guy, Gabe. He's Gabe oh. Salgado down the oh, hall there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, Gabe? We are going to take a break right here on WGN. I'm free. Look at me. Got shackles on my feet. Change off my mind. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. That is Bobby Rush from an extraordinary album, All My Love For You. Bobby, one of my favorite lines is, I don't mind picking cotton in the cotton field if I own the field. That's right. Ooh. I love that. Well, it gives me goosebumps, I yeah, tell yeah, you. Yeah, 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 that is powerful. You know, I'm speaking about I'm free. I don't speak about, I wasn't talking about I'm free of everything can happen to you in your life, your ups and downs. But at least I'm at a state of mind where nothing don't bother me. And then things that I can't help and I can't do anything about, I don't let that bother me and wreck my night of sleep mm-hmm. thinking about what it should or should be. Mm-hmm. So I'm free. Hmm. I'm free. And, uh, I just, I'm, 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 I'm really free. And that's another song from Slipping Through the Cracks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for those of you just joining us, that other voice you hear, that is uh, Stephen Helper, who is the uh, writer-director of Slipping Through the Crack. In fact, I'm going to, just for a second, we've been talking a lot about Bobby, but if I may just for a second mm-hmm. read from... Uh, Stephen has has been around a little bit, too. He uh, co-conceived the Broadway smash Smokey Joe's Cafe, my all-time favorite musical play. Uh, and he directed Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway. Uh, he was the associate director on a number of other Broadway productions, including Song and Dance, starring Bernadette Peters. Uh, how was it working with Bernadette? She's, you know, she works so hard. Is she as cool as she seems? She's so cool, and she's extremely professional. And, you know, she during lunch, she would have voice lessons. Oh. I mean, this is how dedicated and how... Uh, uh, professional she is there is no she's not skating on any on any uh reputation she hmm. is absolutely fantastic and very generous so so my next question is with all of your background and your association with broadway when are you going to get this man as soon broadway? as possible <laughs> <laughs> He is so a professional. All, those, all you out there want to put some money in to help that happen, you just give me <laughs> That's a call. <right. laughs> we should mention, too. Otherwise, you won't be hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> the music you're hearing tonight is from Bobby's new CD. And um, there's something really wrong in this world if this CD does not get you another Grammy. Here, here. Because it's been nominated for a Grammy, but this is some powerful stuff. This is. I, I, I want I want to tell you that you know I want to win the Grammy, but I don't have no problem with not winning if it's if it's that's what it is, because I'm a winner if I'm in the rain, and I don't have no chips on my shoulder about mm-hmm. life, because the song said I'm free. Yeah. I'm yeah. free. Now, you were 83 years old when you got your first, yeah, first Grammy. One, 80, you had been nominated, but this was your first Grammy. My, I've been nominated three or four times before that time, mm-hmm. but I've been. But that was my first win, right? And, and wasn't even, I, you know, I had I had been up there so many times. You know, you you get kind of uh, commute to the system that all oh, this not going to work for Bobby Rush. And when they called Bobby Rush, 
I said, "Oh my God, I didn't have time to pitch myself, you know." But 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 I but I'm. I know I'm you were dressed cool though. I'm, I'm a great. I'm, oh, of course she was. Yeah, <laughs> you were dressed cool, yeah. and and that was for the song um, Porcupine Me. Porcupine yeah, Me. We talked about that off yeah. the air. Too fat to eat, too lean to throw away. And that's what my granddaddy always now, would say. You see, you might know about that because you're a southern girl. You know yeah. about, the, about about the road kill. Too fat to eat, too lean to throw away. That's but there right. also has another meaning when you're singing about it. No. Well, I'm not. Having anything to do with a woman, does it? <laughs> it's Bobby Rush. Yes, well. it has something to do with a woman. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. But that was so your your first song that you recorded here in Chicago was Chicken. No, no, what if no? no, no, I had many records before that time recorded. It just didn't do it. This didn't go no place. <laughs> you know, uh, Sock Boogaloo and all that stuff was recorded. I cut many records before that, before okay. Chicken Heads. You, know? yeah, you recorded with Vivian Carter, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Back in the old VJ yeah, days? Yeah, well, VJ was that what you did, Chicken Head, yeah. with Vivian? Yeah, well, I did it with Calvin Carter, which was Vivian. Yeah. Brother. Vivian brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a brother. So I, I, I know them from way back when it was CJ record, when it was Calvin and Vivian. Mm-hmm. When she got, before she got married in Jimmy, to marry to Jimmy back in the early okay. 50s. And then it changed to BJ Records. Right, right. Vivian and Jimmy. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. back in the day when uh, South Michigan Avenue was record row. <laughs> now, you see, I haven't heard that in a long time. It was. It was. Yeah. It was yeah. record row. Oh, wow. Yeah. It should be recognized as such, too. It yeah. really should. I never heard that phrase in, in many, many years. Record it sounds row. like, you know, Tin Pan yeah. Alley. It was like mm-hmm. a, yeah. a whole thing, it, it was. wasn't it? Yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah. Wow. It was. Well, speaking of Jimmy, you said Jimmy a moment ago. Jimmy Reed. Yeah. You worked with him. You knew him. You guys were buddies, right? Yeah. Jimmy Reed. <laughs> was he a mess? I, I couldn't tell you. I could tell you. It's just Jimmy us Reed, kids. Jimmy Reed, yes, it's not disgusting. Jimmy Reed was an alcoholic. Yeah. He said he'd get drunk and he won't, he'll let me play his guitar. So I would go down to the liquor store and buy him this 99 cent whiskey. And, and I come back and I give it to him. But I found out he was Bobby Rush, you show buy some good whiskey. So I would go get me a bottle full of water and I give him a pot of whiskey half full and when every other time I go to the store, that 99 cent I'll put it in my pocket because I'll just fill it up with water. Oh. And Jimmy Reed loved that. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. you were looking after his health, right? That's I right. Yes. Yeah. I was looking out for to help my pocket yeah, for 99 cent. Well, I go to the store five times, that's, that's $5. dollars Come yeah. on. I'm going to take you back to to one of the coolest nights of my life. It was my first year in radio, 1966. And a friend of mine and I were invited by E. Rodney Jones at that point oh, to, yeah. a, to a club that he owned. And we were, honestly, we were the only two white guys in the club. And it was Jimmy Reed and John Lee Hooker. Yeah. And what a show that was. And that night, uh, I got to, as they were packing everything up, and they, they had a little more, uh, they had more people than they had room. <laughs> so I wound up driving Mama Reed and Jimmy Reed Jr. home, and we developed a great friendship. And after that, I wound up going to some of Jimmy's uh, recording sessions. And just what you're saying, That's right. when Jimmy would get ready for the, uh, the recording session, he would open up the case. That's yeah, right. he'd take out his guitar, but then he'd 
lift where you keep the picks and stuff. That's right. And that's where he'd pull the bottle out. That's right. Yeah. And that's why Mama Reed, as you know, would stand right behind him. Whispering in his ear song. Yep. Baby, you don't have to go. You don't have to go. Yeah. Baby. Oh, baby. But but, but the reason I'm going here is that was pretty much the atmosphere, not just in blues, but for a lot of musicians. How did you avoid the pitfalls of alcohol and drugs and all of that? I guess I watched other people's downfall, and I said to myself, I don't want to go that way. I don't know what happened because it was all around me, but I never wanted to get drunk. And But I did drink three beers with Muddy Waters in 1957. <laughs> and got you drunk. remember? Yeah, 1957, I had three beers. You know, that's a song line. Yeah. <laughs> I drank three beers with and Muddy, Muddy Waters, Waters in 1957. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you could have the writers. Because you started. You got co-writing. Okay. Now. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, and then you decided after those three that just wasn't for you. And well, I look well, I, people that I respect so highly, and I saw Rayshard get high, and mm-hmm. Muddy Water would get he wouldn't get drunk, but he get high, mm-hmm. and all the guys around me would get drunk, and it didn't seem to be going to blast. I don't want to, I don't want this mm-hmm. because of these guys I looked up to so much. You know, God, I remember Little Walter was down on uh, Fifteen in Ashland one time. And Buddy Guy and I talked about this one time. He needed $2 to buy a drink. Mm. And I looked up to him. I thought he was rich. Oh. But he needed $2. Mm. I put a dollar in. Uh, Buddy Guy put a dollar in so he could buy some whiskey. Oh, no. And God, these, these guys, I thought they were millionaires, you mm. know. I said, boy. Didn't have said, two nickels to rub together. Yeah. Wow. And God, I said, no, let me try to do something to my life, or for my life, that I want to go down this road like this. You yeah. know? Speaking of little Walter, was he the inspiration, or how did you get to be the kind of incredible harp player that you are these days? I think listening to little Walter, Sonny Boy Williams, but my main guy listening to that was Junior Parker. Okay. Uh, Junior Parker, no, but he wouldn't go down as a, a uh, harmonica player, but he was a good harmonica player, and Big Walter was also. Mm-hmm. And Little Walter was one of the best, and one of the best thieves too. You know, you could play a harp. He said, "Blood, call me Blood. Can you do this? I'll take my harp. Wow, 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 wow. And next two or three weeks, you hit it on Muddy Water's record. Oh, because he could take it and play it better than you could play it. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a great harp player. I mean, he just one of the best. Wow. Mm. Uh, we got to take a, Can we kind you guys into sticking around for at least one more segment? Just a couple more oh, minutes. Just a couple more geez. minutes. No, please. Yeah. We locked yeah, the door. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then, we can't okay. get out anyway. You can't get out. Yes. <laughs> we have Bobby we Rush with us in the studio and Stephen Helper. And if, 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 if the universe is right, uh, the play about Bobby's life slipping through the cracks, The Blues Journey of Bobby Rush will be here in Chicago and ultimately go to Broadway. And Bobby's new CD will get a Grammy. So if you're praying tonight, put all that in your prayers and we'll come right back with Bobby and Stephen here on WGN. Now I'm wondering, do I ever cross your mind? I can't stand. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That is Bobby Rush from his extraordinary album, All My Love for You. Uh, and Bobby, I have to ask you, who is playing those tasty guitar licks on that track? I love that. Uh, Dexter Adam and myself. It's to two guitars, Dexter Allen wow. and myself. He also on bass. I'm on the harmonica. 
<laughs> and I have a kilo drum. Just a good, just just home folks, man, in Jackson, Mississippi, man. Nice. He played in my band for many, many years, and mm-hmm. he knows a lot about me and a lot about the soul of me, and a lot of respect for me, and I have a lot of love and respect for him. And so, it's it's it's, it's just easy because this is our life, man. Just mm-hmm. sit up there and play good music and enjoy it. And you, what, we weren't trying to, we weren't trying to make a record that that was sound one way. I want the record to sound. Uh, double entendre, young, old, mm-hmm. black, white, up, down, just good music. Because I was sick and tired of people saying, "I'm gonna record like this because I think this is what white people like." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna record like this because I think this is what black people like. I record good music and hope everyone like it. It's Thank not you. a black and white issue with me. Only two it's kinds of music. music. Only two kinds, what you like and what you don't like. Exactly. Yeah. You, you do so many things well, but one of the things that strikes me about this album, and I'm not just saying this because you're in the studio with us, this album sounds like it was a live recording. Yet it, was. I, yet, it was. Yet I know that you had to track some of this stuff, but you have that feel of it's just a live but, jam. But funny thing, you would say that only the overdub, only the, the vocal thing was tracked. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything else was played at the same time, hmm. like from the old school way. <laughs> yes. Now the first one picked that up. There you go. <laughs> That's back in the day. Yeah. And and you know this. Back in the day, when you didn't have a year to finish an album, you had three hours to go in and and do play what live what you were right. going to do. If you miss, you miss. If you hit it, you hit it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, wow. I have to ask you because we talked off the air a little bit about the play last night, and I know that just must have been a once in a lifetime moment yes. for you. Yes. How did it feel to see a young man up there on stage portraying you, a thirteen-year-old? It felt so good, and uh, I, it's not words you can put it in. Mm-hmm. To live long enough, you see your life in front of your face. His life is like a wheel. That you put a mark on it and roll it down a hill. Hmm. Most of the time, the wheel don't, the mark don't come back to you. But my mark had came back to me two or three times. I'm so blessed. Yeah. I'm so thankful, and I don't take that for granted. God has really blessed me to be around. And overall, the being around, I'm in a state of mind to remember well. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. I have 419 records. And I can sing tonight at least 380 of them. Oh, and remember. Got, I think we've got time for that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. That that's is, a lot to That's remember. really impressive, though. And I, Steve doesn't even know where his socks are. Uh, well, because, that's because no. she hides them. Wait, wait. That, I, 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 listen, uh-uh. you, can't, you can't win. There's two of us now. Yeah. I know that. No, no. You know what we say in this house? What? Bless his heart. <laughs> Bless his heart. He doesn't know where his socks are. Well, I can tell you that with that many songs, it took a long time to figure out which songs would go in a show. I and bet. Which yeah. would not. Yes. And, and how many songs are in the show? There's about 24. Three songs. And I bet as you're watching the show last night, you're thinking, dang, I should include this one. No, I've been through that process enough times now that I think we've got the right songs in there. Good. Are are there plans for a show album? You bet. Good. Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. I feel like we're like right right there on this bubble that's just going to, in 24, it's just going to be, I'm serious. I really feel like this is a, 
This I'm is going to be big. I'm with you with the bubble. I'm just praying that the bubble don't bust. It's not. No. No. Because you're too good. Yeah. Really. Really. Yeah, and your luck ain't running out. So <laughs> stop it right there. <laughs> I cannot believe this. What would it take? You, you said money, Stephen. That's what it takes to. What, what, what can our listeners do can we, to help this happen? Can we write to. Buy your album. But what about the play? What can what we do? What you could do, I mean, with all sincerity, is if you send an email to probably uh, send it to uh, send it to uh, production mm-hmm. at goodmantheater.org. And say, we missed seeing we the play. See we want to see show. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad Production idea. at GoodmanTheater.org, and, and we'll put that on our yeah, website. Yeah, You want to see yeah. this play. You want to, you want to buy the album. You want to see the play. Yeah. You want this to happen. And if you were in the audience last night, you were so fortunate because there you were with the people who made this play happen. You were there with Bobby Rush, and that just had to be the coolest thing in the world. And it was sold out, and you had all yeah. these stand, standing ovations. And coming up in 24, you're going to be back in Chicago performing at Buddy Guy's and Legend. Buddy Guy might be a Buddy Guy Legend. He does this every year for yeah. 28 days or 30 days. I think mm-hmm. it's 28 days to do it. And I used to open up with him the first night of the opening. And hopefully that uh, we can do the same thing this time. Mm-hmm. It's on the uh, January the 12th this time. Right. Okay. You know, the 12th, January the 12th. That's a Friday night, I think? It's on Friday night. And okay. it always sells out. Uh, it yeah, may be cold out. and it may be snowing in Chicago, mm-hmm. but people are going to come well, out to see. Is, is yeah. my, when it said buddy, he got the right name. Oh, he's my buddy. Mm-hmm. He's my friend. And we're two of the oldest guys around. If I'm not the oldest, I'm the ugliest. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I recently saw a video of you, and he came up on stage, and I thought, hmm. Yeah. You, no, you, no. Uh, you looking good, my friend. No. You were wearing a really sharp suit up there oh, on stage, too. That's because buddies were coming in the house. I tried to out, outdress You did. <laughs> you outdressed him that yeah, night, I for sure. To. Yes. But, but he's a friend, and he's been in the business a long time. Yeah. yeah. I appreciated him. Uh, for his club and his friendship with me and all the thing he do as a music man to keep this music alive and the yes. blues alive. And he got a place that he got a lot of other good musicians and, and uh, entertainers to come to play this place. Mm-hmm. And that keeping a job for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. You're yeah. so right. Well, we have run out of time. Th- this has been so much fun. This- Will both of you promise us that you come back? <laughs> I got to tell you, we this, do this, again. this is like a Christmas present for, for me. Can, <laughs> I, can I say before I leave, thank yes. you for what you have done, both of you. Thank, thank you for you. what you're doing, what you plan to do. Because what you say about me tonight, what people perceive me to be. So thank you in advance for all your kind words and the thing you do with this station. Bless you and the station. And happy, happy holidays. Thank you so much, Bobby. Back I, think, I reiterate that myself, and thank you for all your interest in slipping through Absolutely. the Absolutely. Stephen, Bobby, thank you so much. And Merry Christmas. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Yes. We will take a break and come back on the other side here on WGN. Yes, I got my big feet in the window. Got my Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's a man that I think Bobby Rush has probably worked with several times. Mm-hmm. That's a Freddie King. Gosh, 
gone down. What a treat. Bobby talk. Rush was, oh. they, and we're going to post a, a whole lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun. It we were was. looking forward to it, but. Uh, He's 90 years old, people. He, his recall is frightening. And his energy is frightening. And he's just the sweetest man in the world. And I will share with the class on the air mm-hmm. what to me was a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Bobby said he is going to come back and hang out with us in the studio. Mm-hmm. And when he does, he's going to he's going to play, and he wants me to bring a guitar and play mm-hmm. with him. And mm-hmm. oh. Throw me in that briar patch, please, please, please. <laughs> yeah, I think you're ready for that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That laugh you hear on the phone, that is our friend Gary Calabono, uh, who a lot of you remember as uh, the Moon Dog, yep. and uh, a lot of you may remember as uh, one of the founders of the Chicago Comic Con. And uh, it is always fun to talk with Gary, but tonight we're going to take you in a little different direction. Gary, first of all, how you doing, my friend? Well, I'm uh, in great shape. Uh, you know, it's not. It, you know, we're on, none of us are getting uh, any younger. But um, you know, I'm I'm just in. Uh, I'm I'm feeling really great because uh, the success of this fundraiser for uh, mm-hmm. for Larry has just been. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable. So well, now well, uh, let's back up and oh, yeah. uh, and share with the class what we're days, talking about. You you posted just a couple of days ago <clears throat> this story about Larry. And uh, for anybody who knows comic books, they they know Larry. He's he is literally an institution in Chicago. Larry was one of the founders of the Chicago Comic Con back with- in the day, and Larry had the comic book store on Broadway and Devon that Johnny mm-hmm. and I used to go to uh, in the in the eighties. It was a and great place. Gary, he's considered a, a pioneer in the comic book industry, right? Well, you know, somebody, you know, like everybody knows I've been around forever, but Larry's been around for, for forever and, and, and longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I opened my first shop in 1978. Uh, right. Larry opened uh, the first shop in Chicago in 1972. And, do- uh, and it, it, I mean, just think about that. When I mean, that was before there was all of the excitement about you know marvel and dc and right. i mean they were of course being published but there was this was back you know at a, at a time when you had to be a real lover of comics and mm-hmm. a real fan of comics before you thought you could actually make uh, a living at this well i, I remember the and we've talked about this before but again for kids that are new to our conversations the first chicago comic-con that Johnny and I went to, which was, uh, was that in the Palmer House or where? Mm-hmm. And that literally, we walked in, there was one room. And there were no gr- girls. I was no, it. No girls. Johnny pl- Johnny played the part of the girl. And, and I just carried just shopping bags. With the uh, tables and, yeah. and that my, was it. My role was to, Steve would just hand me stuff and I just carried shopping bags. Yeah. Because I thought, okay, I got to have a function here, you know. And and Larry's place was Larry's comic, uh, comic book shop on Devon. Uh, Larry's last name is pronounced how, Gary? Charit. Charit. C-H-A-R-E-T. Yeah, right, C H A R E T, and it's pronounced Sherrod. And uh, you know, uh, you know, it's it, the last few years have been uh, very difficult for Larry uh, health wise, mm-hmm. and um, and so you know, 
You know, this whole thing started because, you know, back when Larry and I were partners in the Chicago Comic-Con, we sold the show in 1997 uh, to to Wizard, and and, and Wizard Magazine turned it into Wizard World. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it was a lot of fun, and and they were doing their, their thing, but when, you know, but we sold it because, you know, we 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 were just fans who loved comics, and we wanted to throw a big party every year. And we, you know, a, a lot. Some, you know, we didn't make a lot of money. In fact, we owed money, and so we we thought maybe it was a good time to sell. We had a lot of offers, mm-hmm. and so we 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 paid off all our debts, and we put a few dollars in our pocket. But Larry and I negotiated two free dealers booths. For the rest of our lives, <laughs> right? So, so, so we would set up for free every year, and it was wonderful, and it was great, and we would we'd get to see all our old friends and and make a few dollars at at the same time. But it, it's, well, wait, well, let me stop you there. To make a few dollars, mm-hmm. in fact, Larry could make enough money during the Comic Con to kind of tide him over during rough rough times, right? Sure, because it's. You know his store closed in two thousand nineteen ninety nine, maybe mm-hmm. two thousand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was you know. So it, those those tables, those booths, were really important for uh, to get him through the winter, right? Know, selling selling his merchandise, um, and so you know, you know, everything was fine and hunky dory up until a couple of years ago, and Wizard. Uh, sold the show to an, another outfit, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and, and when this new outfit, Fan Expo, came on the scene, we didn't know what to expect. But they embraced us. They, in fact, <laughs> the first show that they had in 2022, uh, they asked Larry and I to, to to open the show, and we cut a ribbon, you know, with a big scissors. And, and and Darth Vader was holding one side of the <laughs> ribbon, and a stormtrooper was holding the other side. There were hundreds of fans that are taking our picture. I mean, Larry said it. He said we we felt like rock stars. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun, you know. So we thought these guys just loved us. Well, uh, turns out that you know they said we our agreement was with wizard and there's we don't we don't have to give you guys any free boots anymore and 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 you know see you later thanks mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing right yeah and i and then you know we put a little uh, heat on them i said hey listen i'm retired from the comic um you know convention business so you know just give larry his boots and everything will be all right well they gave him one so he would said, "Well, I'll take one. That's fine. Thank you very much." Mm-hmm. Turns out, last year at the last minute, they weren't going to give him a booth, and then they gave him another one. Uh, but they've already told him for 2024, no free booth. And so, you know, and again, I, 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 I'm I'm pausing you here because they're saying mm-hmm. no booth to the guy who was responsible for the convention in the first place and was told that he would he have a booth started. yes yeah i mean larry yeah. started the convention in 1976 he yeah. and joe sarno and ross kite i mean these are legendary figures in in comic books in chicago in fact in the country mm-hmm. and I mean, again, if, you were, if you were a, a fan of comics if you were a uh 
and, and attended the Comic-Con, if you were a customer of his, if you were an exhibitor, if you were a supplier, if you were an artist in Artist Alley, if you were a guest of the convention, I mean, you, Larry touched you in some way if you were in comics in Chicago mm-hmm. after all these years. We're talking about a man who was also one of the main founders of the Chicago Comic-Con, uh, who is in a situation right now where the Comic-Con basically is what he relies on for income. and after, It's literally a lifesaver for him to have a booth or two at the Comic-Con the convention that he was promised he would have booths for the rest of his life that have been taken away from him. So that's where Gary comes in because he said, you know, well, this is just wrong. This is, uh, he's being mistreated. Uh, and boy, you don't have to be into comics to realize that that's exactly what we're talking about. A big guy, you know, just no respect for the history and for a decision that was made. And it appeared to be locked into stone, right, yeah. Gary? Well, we always thought it was, because who would want to screw over Larry Sherritt? I mean, <laughs> yes. it would be like screwing over Santa Claus. Really? I mean, really? It's just, I mean it, 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 you know, like I, I mentioned before, I mean, Larry is the, has the foundation here in Chicago of comic books and fandom, and, and to to have just unceremoniously cast aside, it, it's like how can who, who's in charge? Yeah, I, mean, I went right to the top. I went to the top uh, to the owner of the company and said, uh, you know, I'm I'm just an advocate here for Larry. I I, I just want to make sure you understand, you know, what's going on here in Chicago, Mister Big Shot, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and let me let me explain. And never got a response uh, oh. at all. Well, l- let me you cut to the, really l- the let me oh, cut to the chase because one of the things that that we want to have, have people uh, uh, pay attention to is you started a GoFundMe campaign to try and help Larry in this situation. And uh, so, how do people get involved? What's the address and stuff like that? Well, you know, that's, as Johnny mentioned it earlier, we just started this thing a couple of days ago, and it has just, it's just snowballed into a, a, just an incredible thing. Larry is, he, he is, he does, he's he's so humble, he can't believe that this is the kind of response, but hmm. we're up to over $11,000 already wow. uh, to help Larry uh, in just the last couple of days. And it, it's just been, well, it's just been a phenomenal uh, response. Uh, it, it's almost like you know George Bailey. You know mm-hmm. George is in trouble. Let's 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 help him out. I yes. mean, this is how everyone feels. And, and initially, and everybody has a story. Initially, you were hoping for five thousand dollars. He needed nine hundred to rent a booth, which is just obscene. Uh, to ask you know him to pay nine hundred dollars to rent one booth. And, you know, if he's lucky, he'll get one in a good position. He won't be back in a corner somewhere. But uh, $5,000 was your goal. And then you, you got to $10,000. And now you're looking at, what, twelve fifty or twelve five? Yeah, 12500 So we're, we're about $1,200 away from, yeah. from, uh, from reaching that goal. And, you know, all you have to do is go to GoFundMe 
dot com and uh, just type in Larry L A R R Y Sherritt C H A R E T and you can help out uh, one of the true pioneers uh, in comic books and. Uh, in not only Chicago, but the whole country. Yeah. It, it's not, I'm going to do a, a strange comparison, but for people who are not intimately familiar with the world of comics, Larry is to the world of comics what Henry Ford is to the world of automobiles. And I don't think I'm overstating that. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for Larry, oh. there, there wouldn't have been a Chicago Comic-Con. There wouldn't have been uh, the kind of fandom that now exists all over the country. And thanks to Larry and Gary, uh, the people who were doing comic books became rock stars. Yeah. I mean, kids and adults knew their names because they were brought in and people got to know them and got to see them work. You know, we had so much fun. When I'd take the limo from Rosemont... Uh, with uh, two or three or four creators, artists, and writers Uh come down to your show every year. (laughs) Sure. That was so cool. Yes. I mean, these guys felt like they were, uh, you know, they were on on the moon, and they couldn't. They couldn't believe that they were being treated like this, and you guys were treating them. That oh my way. gosh! And because to have they were. And, and to have these names in studio with a sitting elbow to elbow, and then we would just give them a piece of scratch paper and say "doodle" during the commercial break. And I, I still have a uh, a notebook of, of doodles, doodles of of Superman and uh, Neil Gaiman. Oh, Neil Gaiman did some wonderful stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but the bottom line is, without people like like Larry, the the Marvel movie franchise today would not exist because think, this yeah. was all a part of the building blocks for that comic book fandom to right. make it into something bigger than it was back in the late seventies, early eighties. Absolutely, you're yeah. you're exactly right, Steve, and that's that's something a lot of people don't realize. You know, like when I was on in the limo to going down to the the studio with with the artists and writers to see you guys. Larry was back, you know, making sure the the convention was running properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he was there to make sure everything was right. He was the he was our rock too, and yeah. that was uh, you know one of those. You know, he's not a you know Larry isn't a a, a household name like maybe a Moon Dogs became. You know, but but there's no Moon Dogs without Larry. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, 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 yeah. this is the kind of thing that that a lot of people don't know well i really appreciate you giving us uh, well uh, well that's why we wanted to uh, to spend a little time hoping that we could make more people know about it and and, and get them involved thank you for picking up the ball and saying we ought to do something about this and starting the gofundme and getting the word out and and just reminding people that five dollars ten dollars will make a world of difference in this man's life things have been really tough ebay i think anybody who sells on ebay you know it's been a a very strange world it's been very sluggish uh pandemic worked for some and not for everyone one and um larry needs his friends to to, to help him out to say and, and larry you. is not the kind of guy to to ask for health right right and and he has had some health problems he's a uh, he's a veteran he, he's he wants to do it all on his own this is a point in his life when honestly 
he can't do it all on his own. He yeah. needs some help from us. So well, that's why we're asking you guys to help. And Gary, thank you for doing what you've done. And we will have uh, links on our pages. So folks, it'll be super simple for them to go to the GoFundMe page and to find Larry, C-H-A-R-E-T, and click on that. And hopefully we'll see it bump over 12-5, you know, in the blink of an eye. And uh, Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, it would be awesome. Absolutely. Because that would have happened in a, in less than a week. Can you imagine that? That's huge. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much, Steve, Johnny. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy thank Hanukkah. You. And and. And, know, and by the way, together again. let's get together again next yes. year. Yes, absolutely. Your daughter, Mandy, says she was happy to hear Daddy on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Mandy, for texting in tonight. And thank you, you Gary. Know, she, kept, <laughs> she kept saying how much uh, she remembers Larry when she was a little girl, you uh-huh. know, hanging around, you know, and oh. uh, so that was, that's, that's great. Very, very cool. Great. We'll talk to you soon, Gary. Good thank you. you. Guys. Take care, hon. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot, Gary. And and again, Larry is the kind of guy who really doesn't like to ask for help, but he he needs it right now, and we'll post links, and please. Yeah. He he made – he was one of the building blocks of – the whole comic and fandom. And again, if movement. that does not speak to your heart, the fact that he is a little guy that has been lied to and now is being abused is just so wrong. Yeah. I mean, this was how he was counting on, you know, surviving the rest of his life yeah. was that with the silly booths that they've taken away from him. So we're going to take a break and come back. We've got Tom Appel waiting in the wings. We're going to talk cars. Got a lot to cover with him here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That would be one of Tom's tunes. Mm-hmm. And if that is one of Tom's tunes, that means we're about to introduce the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, Tom Appel. Hey, hey Tom. Tom. Hey, guys. Hi. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Tom's tunes tonight will have a seasonal bent to them, right, Tom? But, but in, indeed they will. And so, Tom's tunes are the tunes that that Tom likes to to jam when he's testing any of a number of vehicles. And, and uh, who is this? This is uh, the late, great Jimmy Smith, a fabulous organ player, mm-hmm. accompanied by Kenny Burrell, a guitar yeah. legend. Yeah. Wonderful uh, guitar player. Well, speaking of uh, cars that you're driving, let us take a, a, a few moments to talk about the Lincoln Nav. That's what you were in most recently, right? Lincoln Navigator, yeah, I just finished that review. That's up now at ConsumerGuide.com. We did name that. This is just, no, this is not no premature. We announced them this week. <laughs> we did name it a 2024 Consumer Guide Best Buy. But this is Lincoln's large SUV. It's about the size of a Chevy Suburban or a Ford Expedition, and it is, it's, a, it's a very nice vehicle. It is surprisingly refined for its size. It's actually surprisingly easy on the gas as well, but I'm, I'm impressed by just the general refinement and then the outstanding sound system as well. This is, again, for people who, uh, who aren't familiar with it for whatever reason, I love the comparison you do between the Navigator and the Cadillac Escalade. 
Yeah. And and I love where you say at one point that if you want to be noticed, <laughs> you're going to drive the Escalade. But if you want something a little more refined that may not get the stairs, you're looking at the Navigator. You want to explain a little bit of that? Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the comparison there. Um, the Escalade, which is a fine vehicle, and it is surprisingly luxurious, and, and the drivetrain, very smooth. But it, it is it is big, it is bold, it is very brashly designed, and, and, and there's like a very loud exhaust note. Um, um, you hear the burble from the engine. You hear the engine itself, uh, and it's, it's, it is a see-and-be-seen kind of vehicle. That said, it's a great vehicle. The Lincoln is more refined. It's a little bit more subtly designed. Uh, even the color palette is a little simpler. It, it's a, they're kind of two different sides of the same coin. Are they comparably priced? Sadly, yes. They are very expensive vehicles. Yeah, they're they're uh, both and, in the... Uh, uh, 90? No, over a hundred plus Stratosphere. Am I correct on this? Oh, yeah. The short wheelbase versions start just a little bit under ninety, but they go to one hundred and twenty in a hurry. Oh my gosh, that takes my breath away. <laughs> and didn't we park? Oh, no, we didn't park because she took up two parking places. Yes, wasn't that a Lincoln Nav? It, in fact, what was the. Oh. Girl bus. Girl bus. Yes. Was the license plate in the in the, in the building that we're in <laughs> yes. right now? We go into the lower parking area, and there was this parking space that we usually park in, but we couldn't because this big honking Escalade was taking up not one but two spaces, and the license plate was girl bus. So shame oh. on them <laughs> if you know anybody that has the license plate girl bus. Tell them they need to learn how to park. Yeah, it's a big vehicle. You don't need to take up two honking spaces. Because you give people with big vehicles a bad reputation because people go, oh, there they come. They think they deserve two parking places. Right, Tom? Why, why is it that the license plate makes that so much worse? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> so you mentioned that that uh, the NAV was chosen because um, you you've come up with your 2024 Consumer Guide Best Buy. Is that correct? Yep, we have the whole list. Uh, we just published that on Tuesday morning. And Nissan and Toyota have something in common because they got the yeah, most was- love. Right. Yeah, they each got four Best Buy awards this year, and and well deserved because they're great vehicles. What were the four for Nissan? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, we had the Nissan Kicks, the Nissan. I'm trying to think what the little Nissan is called. I'm looking. The, I, by the way, let me just say that I do like the name Kicks. I was like, I, I saw that. I'm thinking, what is taking us so long to come up with a vehicle called the Kicks? Yeah, but we have the Kicks, the Rogue, which is their compact. They, they do the compact crossover thing so well. Yeah. The Aria, which is their new electric compact mm-hmm. crossover, which is very nice. And then the little Nissan. Why can't I think of the name of it? I'm scrolling to it right now. Okay. The Nissan, and this just forgive my my feeling brain. That's okay. Yeah, it's by a- the way, the uh, the website that you can scroll to and see if you can do it faster than Tom does, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's consumerguide.com. That's right, And Steve. once you get there, you click on the best buys, and the best buys for 2024. So it's consumerguide.com. Yes, and I was forgetting the Versa, which is right now oh. one of the most affordable vehicles left in the U.S., and one of the few vehicles you might be able to buy for under twenty grand. Whoa. 
That is amazing. So I'm looking at the category where the kicks is. That's the subcompact crossover. That's a great little category, though, because you got the Hyundai Venue, the Kia Soul, uh, the Subaru Crosstrek, and uh, the, the, uh, every one of those is great. They're great little cars. They all make good use of space. They're relatively affordable. The only thing that is a bummer in this category is that the only vehicle available with all-wheel drive is the Crosstrek. Mm. Um, and the Crosstrek is great all-wheel drive. If you're a Chicagoan, you know, and, and if you're, like, talking your kid into buying their first new car or something, and you're worried about their safety in the winter, this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm looking at the uh, premium subcompact crossover. Wow. Now we get into the big money, the BMW X1, Mercedes EQB, and that's it in that category. That's Yeah, and one of them is electric. The EQB is an electric vehicle. And it's interesting because we don't actually like the non-electric version of this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it's we just don't like the front. It's a front wheel drive based drivetrain. It's a small turbocharged four, and it's a little bit cranky. But the electric vehicle fixes all of that. Hmm. The only problem here is it gets a little pricey, and and that obviously the range is a little bit limited because it's relatively small. And there just isn't that much room for a battery. Well, before we continue on with the twenty twenty four consumer guide best buy, can we talk a little bit about electric? Yeah. Because we have a theory that the dark side of Tom came out last week. Yeah, boy, did it. Uh, <laughs> it was a Tom that I don't think we've... The- Tom was using uh, deleted expletives. <laughs> and I, in fact, I think Tom's use of the deleted expletives and Tom being a friend of ours, I think maybe the reason that Facebook decided to slow down everything <laughs> right. that we were putting up this weekend... Oh my we're, gosh. we're blaming it on you, Tom. So, what happened? What were you driving? And it wasn't so much what you were driving as how you were trying to yeah. charge it. Am oh I correct? Yeah. Actually, I was having a delightful EV experience. I was driving the Genesis GV70 Electrified. The GV70 is the Genesis Compact Crossover. Very nice vehicle in gasoline form, even better in electric form. Again, the the electric drivetrain makes it even smoother and quicker. It's a really nice vehicle, a little bit limited on range. I think it's about 230 miles total range. So range isn't great, but that's the only failing of this vehicle. But I am blessed, I thought, by the fact that I live literally 200 feet from a level 3 charging station at a neighborhood Walgreens. Uh, It's an EVgo charger, and and I, I... I never worry about charging electric vehicles or getting my own charger because I can just go across the street and charge for 15 to 20 minutes and pick up an awful lot of range. Mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last weekend I'm trying to charge the vehicle, and I go to this charging station, and I spend four different attempts. I, I, went, I went through four different attempts to try and charge the vehicle, got very confusing feedback from the information on the screen. But once it rejected my card, which is an official EVgo card, I have oh. an account with them. One time it just gave me this message about unplugging and replugging. Another time it rejected my credit card because I thought maybe that was the problem. So into the credit card. So I made four attempts there to no avail. I could not charge the vehicle. So I drove to a Walgreens, also in Palatine, where there's another EVgo station, and experienced the exact same problem. Wow. Yeah, and, and I called. I called EVgo. I did get an operator right away, so that was the good news, but she was useless. Um, <laughs> so Glad you answered, that. but you're useless. <laughs> so she's, she's letting me know that, oh, oh we, we can't charge on the CCS side. 
So she's assuming I understand this lingo. I do, but CCS is the way most people would charge. There's two plugs, two cords on the on the device. One is called Chatamo, one is called CCS. The Chatamo is just for a few Mitsubishis and Nissans that were built a long time ago. Everyone uses a CCS. Her explanation to me for why the app showed both working is because it worked on the Chatamo side, even though it was down on the CCS side, and they couldn't make the distinction on the app. Oh. So if someone drove there from the highway, yeah. they would have wasted a lot of effort to get there and, you know, six, eight miles that they didn't have if wow. they needed to charge. Wow. And that doesn't sound like uh, a, a big deal. That should be a simple computer fix. Change your programming and correctly say what's working and what's not working. Mm. That shouldn't be a big deal. So uh, what did you do then? Did so you have to have I, I a toad or what? With, I went home with my tail between my, my legs, uh, and the next day I drove to Lake Zurich oh. from Palatine, which is a bit of a commitment. It's yeah. 10 miles. And they have um, Electrify America stations there. Now, I found a, a four-station Electrify America um, location. All of them were working. That's the good news, and they were all. I, I was lucky to find one there. But here's the thing that was just totally bummed me out. This is supposed to be a quote unquote super fast station, mm-hmm. which means that it should charge at 150 kilowatts. That's a lot of power, and you can charge very quickly. I plug in, and I get this little news screen. And you can see it on my Twitter page um, um, that says, "Because we're upgrading service, and to to make your experience better, we've lowered the power output." And it's like, what? And instead of 150. It was putting out 50, which, and, and my wife and I sat there in the car for about 90 minutes trying to charge the car. So, so a totally you, disappointing experience. So while they're improving the service, you're getting two-thirds less service, huh? Right, right, at yeah. full price. Yeah, at full price. Wow. Yeah, there's no yeah. discount for waiting longer. So that, that was kind of a bummer. There were lots of people there. It was good to see it being used. And all the stations were working, which is rare uh, in a lot of cases. But but the 50-kilowatt thing is very disappointing because it's not very fast. I'm going to hit the pause button. We're going to come back to this. But we're going to pause for a second and uh, come back to, to more charged conversation <laughs> with Tom Appel. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. A little bit of, you thought it was what did I say? No, it's not what did I say. It's Jingle Bells. It's the Ventures from their yeah. uh, Sleigh Ride album. Let's get my my motor running a little faster. <laughs> That's a good version of Jingle Bells. And that was uh, courtesy of uh, Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, one of Tom's tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has to say it that way, Tom. Tom's tunes. Tom's tunes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but let me let me go back to the EV. When we last left Tom, he w- he and his wife were sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting for their electric vehicle to be charged. So, how long did you sit there, and what finally happened? We sat there for about an hour and a half or so. It picked up about a hundred miles of range, mm-hmm. which is incredibly disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but that was plenty for what I needed to do with the vehicle. So. And, and then that cost me 20 bucks, which is reasonable-ish. But, um, yeah, the, the whole thing just, just 
so depressing because I'm really excited about all the electric vehicles coming yeah. out. And I really enjoyed driving them. And most of them are very successful. It, it's amazing how good they are and how they represent an improvement in drivetrain technology. And yet, there's if you don't have home charging, there's really no sensible way to do this. Is that going to be one of the automotive stories for 2024? The availability or lack of availability of a an electric vehicle, a a working electric vehicle charging network that is easy to access. I know uh, your cohort, uh, Jill, yeah, posted about the problems she had driving back and forth between here and Indianapolis and not finding places that she could stop to charge, and she was afraid she wouldn't be able to make it. So the, the whole network just really needs to be addressed. It does, and it's so disappointing. And, when, and I've wondered out loud a few times whether or not this should have been handled like a utility and that the government should have been mm-hmm. behind this. Yeah. Because we allowed startup companies to come in here and do this. Now, Electrify America is technically non-for-profit and funded by the punitive dollars that were collected from Volkswagen for the Dieselgate scandal. So at this point, they're not-for-profit, but still, they haven't done this correctly. And, and um, EVGO has not done this correctly. And there's another company, ChargePoint. I haven't had much experience with myself, but from what I've read anecdotally and what I've read in the surveys regarding satisfaction with the network, they're not getting it done either. And it, it's very frustrating that these three different entities that are not directly related to the manufacturers or the vehicles may be the reason why this doesn't move forward as quickly mm-hmm. as it should. That is really too bad, because you know that there are people that hear these stories or they read your yeah. posts and they say, well, you see, there's no way I'm going to go that route. Exactly. Uh, I sent you an interesting story last week, and we had a, a, a fun exchange about this. The future of electric vehicle charging could be hiding in the asphalt of our streets. And specifically, I guess, in Detroit, for the first time in the U.S., EVG, EV charging technology has been embedded in a public roadway in Detroit. It's only about a quarter mile stretch of street outside downtown Detroit. But that's some cool technology. And... Um, you know, I think your first reaction was, well, that's cost prohibitive, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's always my, my response to that. And then it's going to, re- not only is it cost prohibitive, you're probably going to want to wait till the road needs to be rebuilt, right? There's no mm-hmm. reason you dig up a perfectly good road. Right. That's one issue. And then there's going to be some infrastructure there because of the same reason that we're having this issue with the charging networks. I assume that this isn't going to be free for consumers, so there's going to have to be some way where you register oh. and are charged for your time on that road. Yeah. Also, one of the issues with this is that it's, it's inductive charging. There's no direct mechanical or physical connection, mm-hmm. which means it's much slower than than if you were to have a direct mechanical or electrical connection. And this is a little bit like charging your phone on a charger in a car. Where you set it down, it charges like half as fast if you plugged it in. And that would be the problem driving over the roads. It would not be extremely quick. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the promises is not that it would charge your car, but that you would not be using your battery while you were driving over mm-hmm. it. Effectively, you could maintain your Oh, charge. I see. Because I had visions of people just driving back and forth. <laughs> you, well, great, yeah. You circle around, you come back, and you just keep driving back and so, forth till you're charged. So, so the bottom line is, it wouldn't be increasing your charge; it would be saving you, saving your charge from depleting itself as you're driving over this. That that seems to be the scale of how the charging will work at this point. I don't know if they can crank that up further or not, but probably not. 
you're talking about an awful lot of power. But we had an interesting back and forth because uh, I sh- shared a little bit of information for you because you said cost prohibitive. And I said, yeah, but, you know, back in the day, one would have thought that it was cost prohibitive to put sensors in the highway mm-hmm. so yes. that we would yes. know what traffic was in Chicago. Yep. And you had been told that those sensors were on the side of the road and having yep. been the traffic maven here at WGN Radio, I can tell you that they're in the road. And that was before the days where you just opened up your phone or you looked at your dash and you relied on that information. And that, that was back in the day when Johnny was doing traffic out of the Showcase studio at the Tribune Tower. With a the, wall. The that, wall that was the most expensive wall in the city of Chicago. Actually, the wall was $60,000. The room itself cost as much as the primary operating room at Northwestern Hospital. Yeah. It was that expensive just for wow. that studio. That studio that you did many, many New Year's Eves in, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. And that technology was amazing, and, and they just didn't sell it. I mean, people just took for granted that, you know, we magically knew what the traffic was out there. Because literally, you could stand outside the showcase studio, and you could look, and you would see the, mm-hmm. the red lines, the green lines, the, the whatever. It was a, in a real-time indicator of all the traffic around Chicago. But before we had that wall, I was taking the data that was being fed to me from the Illinois Department of Transportation Mm -hmm. based on cars driving over these sensors in the road, triggering the sensors. And as I said to Tom, the only downside was if there was a snowstorm or something and and the weather didn't have anything to do with it, it, the fact that traffic stopped, well, then the sensors went, everything is grand. Yeah. There's oh. no problem out here. If oh, wow. if there's no Movement. point A to point B indicator, yeah. well, everything must be fine. And I remember one night we had from downtown to O'Hare Airport travel times of three and three and a half hours because it was a blizzard and the sensors were saying, hey, it's grand. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Do 70. Yeah, yeah right. this is not good. <laughs> so, Johnny, who maintains those then? Is it the state? The Illinois Department of Transportation, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I know. And, okay. and they're the ones that would feed us information. Uh, so we would actually uh, get a printout that would tell us what it was. And that was before we had the wall that was connected to the department the of wall. the wall yes which got incredibly hot i don't know if you were ever in there on a new year's eve when we were broadcasting when oh it boy was, that, it was that like light hot. wall it, when when we were up at the, uh, the the high podium seats with that hot wall behind us oh man good lord <laughs> That was just... And Tom, tonight is the 12th anniversary of that last shindig we did on the radio. Can you believe... I didn't know that. 12, 12 years ago. 12 years ago, tonight, tonight. was our last full-time show on yes. WGN. And you were there for the party, too. I was surprised, and I, I guess I shouldn't have been, but I was surprised to learn that apparently Hyundai is now the third largest automotive manufacturer... Yes, which is really interesting. Hyundai sells an awful lot of cars in India, for example, mm-hmm. so that boosts its number. But Hyundai is Hyundai and Kia, and now Genesis. And, yeah, they're doing very well. Both Hyundai and Kia sell a lot of cars in the U.S. They sell a lot of cars in, in India. They sell a lot of cars in Korea. And they sell some in China, too. So big, fast-moving company, and, and they've done very well doing that. So, so who are now the big three? Because... Uh 
uh, Chrysler, well, what, Stellantis Chrysler is, is not part of the big three. Who is these days? Uh, Volkswagen and Toyota are the top top two. So it's Volkswagen, Toyota, and Hyundai? Yep. So yeah, we're, Volkswagen's we're, a bigger company than people remember yeah. because Volkswagen is Volkswagen, it's Audi, it is uh, European brand Skoda, European brand Fiat, uh, plus Bugatti, plus uh, oh. I'm forgetting companies. But there's a lot in the. Oh, and Porsche. Hmm. Um, they still have a stake in Porsche. So, so where are Ford and GM and all this? They're close. GM used to be like the first and second and third largest company. But remember, Mary Barra had a garage sale a few years right. ago. And they got rid of the Australian, South, South African, Russian, and Western European operations, knocking away like 3 million units in annual sales. So that shrank General Motors a little bit. They became more profitable, but, but lower volume. Hmm. We're going to take a quick break and come right back with Tom Appel here on WGN. When you call me an old bean, that's so sweet of you. <laughs> you old bean, you. <laughs> Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Uh, Tom, who's this? That is Duke Ellington uh, from a collection released in 2003 of recordings from the early 40s. I love the way Ellington starts out, and he's just kind of noodling around a little bit, and then he just kind of gets into all kinds of interesting things, and the band comes in. That's a fun record. It is, yeah. I love this record, and, and you have no idea where he's going. You're right. <laughs> it's just, he's he's going to make you wait and see. One of the things we want to touch base with uh, about you, and I know you have uh, been on this radio station talking about it, but let's uh, uh, fill it in for people who are listening to us now. What about the uh, the NTSB requiring vehicle speed limiting systems? Yeah, the idea is being floated, and it scares a lot of people, and it feels like a civil liberties issue, but the the NTSB is floating the idea of regulating and preventing people from being able to speed uh, with regulators on vehicles, a thing that would be relatively easy to do now because everything's electronic. Um, it's an interesting idea, and, and one of the, the things that's not being mentioned, many vehicles, BMWs included, already have systems in place where you can have the car alert you when you're speeding mm-hmm. and, even, yeah. and even alert you when you're just going up in speed. So it, the idea of it might be that the compromise might be that cars will warn you but not prevent you from speeding. And there's features like that that uh, are being marketed so you can make sure that your kid doesn't speed. When your kid yeah. has the keys to the car, okay, here's the profile and uh, he or she can't go over 55 miles an hour. Yeah, there's a Ford app, famously, that was the first one, but other manufacturers have added that. I know Chevy has one, too, where the parent can simply decide where a kid can drive, how fast they can drive, and there's even a curfew function, too, so they may have to call you to release it if they're running late, which is pretty brilliant. Is there a a concern that someone will have this information um, government, I don't know who, but, but insurance companies, they've got information. I mean, you're really not off the grid nowadays. You're connected but, but, somehow. But you would think if you buy, 
if the government does this, and if you buy a car that has this on it, and you can't drive over 55, you would think that an automatic insurance discount should come oh, with yeah. that car purchase. You would think. Yeah, there is the progressive uh, device, too, often referred to as a dongle that you can plug into your OB2 diagnostic port that tracks how you drive. And if it's determined that you drive safely and, and you know sanely, they may, in fact, reduce your insurance rates. So people do voluntarily give up this information all the mm-hmm. time. Right. Well, I thought that uh, we were with State Farm for 100 years, and they were offering up a discount if we would agree to let them have access to OnStar information. And the, if we agreed to let them uh, monitor all of our driving. And we yes. said no. no. Uh, because the discount was not substantial yeah. uh, for the information that they were getting, which was very valuable to them. Yeah, and, yeah, and they're going to use that information, too, not so much to ding you, but as a composite for things that they can do, and it helps them create their actuarial tables, it, and mm-hmm. they can even do market research that they might be able to, if not sell, share, or just use for publicity versions, publicity reasons, like a lot of companies do with market research. But, yeah, I don't know why you would give to that voluntarily. Yeah. Did, did we ever tell you that years ago, when the, uh, the suburb we were living in originally had an area code or a zip, zip code, code that was the same as a Chicago zip code. When we got our own zip code, our insurance rate went down about 40%. It was crazy. It was oh, just wow. nuts. Oh, you're not in Chicago? Okay. Uh, oh, all those years you weren't in Chicago? Oh, well, never mind. We tried to tell them that all those years, but, you know, they were using the data of uh, car thefts, etc., mm-hmm. that came with that Chicago zip code, which is really crazy. I, I had a friend, I still have the friend, uh, and I don't want to bust him in public, so I'm not going to name him, but mm-hmm. uh, when he and I went to Northern together, and, and when we left, my sister took over our apartment, and he registered his car at her apartment because it was so much cheaper. Oh, so yes. Much cheaper to a car in DeKalb than in Chicago. <laughs> of course. Because okay. back in those days, DeKalb was like the cornfield. Sure. Because when yeah. I was working in Aurora, we would go to DeKalb to a Mexican restaurant, and it was like we were going to Iowa. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was the longest trek, and we were on the interstate. I mean, it was not that mm-hmm. long ago. We were actually on the interstate, and it was just like cornfields as far as you drove, and but you know what? The chimichanga at the end was worth it. So, <laughs> so we talked. The chimichanga goes a long way. That's right. I would drive far for one. <laughs> we talked about the uh, the Lincoln Navigator uh, that uh, you you write about on the website. Uh, what else are you driving, or and what else are you looking forward to that you're going to be getting? I am driving something fun right now. I'm driving the Toyota Sequoia TRD Pro. This is Toyota's big crossover, or big SUV, I should say. It is a body-on-frame design. It's a little bit like a Suburban, like a Navigator, but it's a Toyota. Um, A big four-door vehicle with all-wheel drive. And the TRD Pro is their fun off-road package for that. So different wheels and tires. This one has an optional giant roof rack on the top. And the vehicle is orange. (laughs) Is it orange, orange? Like really orange? uh, It's... a little bit of a burnt umber, if you okay. like the Crayola colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it definitely stands out. You're, and if you're hunting, you'd be safe in this vehicle. <laughs> uh, but 
I'm enjoying it. it it's, it's, it's a nicely put together vehicle. I wish the interior was a little bit nicer. It's a little uh-huh. bit crude, a little bit hard plasticky. But the nice thing is that they now use their uh, iForce Max engine. This is a turbocharged and hybridized six-cylinder engine under the hood. Very powerful and surprisingly efficient. And, hmm. and just sort of local driving, I'm averaging 17 miles per gallon. Ooh. The previous generation, I would have averaged 13 or 14. So wow. it's a huge improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, oh my gosh, gas prices. I know you do this regularly on your, your site. What are you paying for gas? I, 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 I'm seeing in the $2 range. Yeah, gas prices have been coming down significantly. Is that about the yes. cheapest you saw, like two eighty six? Yeah, something like that. And it's funny, if you follow the news, it turns out the OPEC nations are having a hard time convincing each other to actually shutting off the valve. So <laughs> while they're squabbling, we're, we're enjoying yeah. some cheap gas. It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. A 847 area code said, I could listen to Tom for the whole show. He's wow. so informative, and his talking electric is the best. Who has 90 minutes to sit in a car as you get charged? Insane. He is the best. He should be on weekly. Thanks for his knowledge and humor. And Tom's tunes. It would have been more than 90 minutes, but I have an old man bladder. So, <laughs> Old man bladder in a young man's body. <laughs> oh, golly. We had to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there, Steve. Um, <laughs> well, so the the blatant plug light has just gone on. Uh, so uh, what uh, what blatant plugs do you have? Yes. Yeah. Um the, the, the current podcast very popular, and I encourage people to give it a listen. I talk about what happened with my charging adventures over the weekend. Plus, we had Trevor Dorchies of Stellantis on to talk about the all-new plug-in hybrid Ram 1500 pickup that's coming soon. And this is a really interesting vehicle technically. It's an awful lot like the Chevrolet Volt was, where it's not really a hybrid, but it's an extended-range electric vehicle. A lot of technology there. This might be the answer. Uh, to going from gas to electric with this little middle stepping ground that, that I think will be perfect for the next few years. Hmm. Okay. Well, we will catch up with you real soon. Meantime, have a great week. Check out uh, ConsumerGuide.com and uh, follow Tom on Twitter at uh, what uh, CarGuy underscore Tom. That's me, CarGuyTom on Twitter, yep. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks a bunch, Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye now. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's Susie Boggess. Mm. She's going to be joining us next week. That's one of the songs from her brand new album. And uh, she has a new album and uh, a new cookbook out. Yep. And Susie's one of our favorite people. She's going to be joining us next week. And the new album is Praying for Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And it's only 12 bucks. 12 bucks. And it's a terrific And you can get it directly from her, and she says she's going to do our darndest. If you order it in the next few days, you will get it by Christmas. Mm -hmm. What a great stocking stuffer. Uh, And her book is $30. It's Susie's Soup Night Cookbook. And she told us a couple months ago that the cookbook came about as a result of having musicians come to the house Mm -hmm. on a regular basis and she would make a different soup. And they would all rave about the soup. And she thought, oh, 
maybe I got something here. Mm-hmm. So she decided to put some real serious thought into it and came up with 50 soups and stocks and uh, stews. I think she's got chilies and chowders and 145 pages in this hardback book. Really beautiful book with great uh, photography. And it's her first official cookbook. And it's uh, 30 bucks, And it's all available. And I think on on her website, I think she has a special deal with both the CD and the cookbook. Yes. If you you buy them together. And her website is S-U-Z-Y-B-O-G-G-U-S-S, SuzyBogus.com. Two G's, two S's, no waiting. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to talking to her because she's had a really, really interesting year. And she's got some big plans uh, for the new year. Ooh. I just saw on her page, too, her T-shirt is, You Can't Deal Me the Aces and Think I Wouldn't Play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember that album she did, Aces? Yeah, cute T-shirt. Uh, next week, we're going to be all about Christmas. Uh, Susie with her new CD and cookbook. We're going to talk with Jeremy Arnold, author of Christmas at the Movies. Patrick Crispin will join us, and we'll talk about some uh, some computer and tech Christmas gifts, mm-hmm. too. Oh, boy. I'm going to I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Oh. Joseph woke up this morning and announced to the entire family that he's going to Chicago in 19 days. Right. Because he has the countdown. For um, anybody who doesn't know, Joseph is Patrick and Christine's son and our our grandson. grandson. Yes. So he woke up the whole house to tell them that he was going to go see Gigi and Grand Dude in 19 days. It's now less than 20 days. This is a big deal, right? Um, He was hoping that mom and dad would have that little something that he really wanted to, to have available when he got to Chicago. So it's not a gift. So I'm not being a party pooper. It's um, so should we say if. Patrick is listening. No, turn, turn the no, video off. No, so, no, 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 no. So no, this want. is for us. Oh, for this us. This is for our fun. Oh, okay. Yes. I, th- I thought it was the special thing that. No, are you ready? Okay. It's a drone that you can fly in the house. Hmm? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And guess what, Daddy said. Oh, that sounds like a good idea, Joseph. Of course, we'll get would. that. We'll get. Yeah. To which I said. I can see on the top of my shelves. I don't need a drone flying yeah. around my house. <laughs> I don't want to see what's up there because I don't climb up there to clean everything on those high shelves. And he goes, oh, no, Joseph saw this. In- I know, but I'm not sure I want a drone flying around the house. To which I finally said, I'm not going to be a party pooper. I said, well, maybe there'll be a blizzard and we can take it out in the snow. <laughs> Because Joseph would be happy, but Mom and yeah. Dad wouldn't be happy if we yeah, had Joseph a is looking for snow when he yes, comes to Chicago. Yes. But I, my reaction was, really? A drone that we can fly in the house? Okay. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Patrick is all about the technology. So yeah. he'll have some fabulous gift ideas, all price ranges, when he joins us next week. Because he he kind of claims that he's been doing research mm-hmm. no he's been feeding the 14 year old boy in him yeah because that's that's who says i need that i need a drone <laughs> yeah, it's not want it's, i it's need, need it yes and we think we're not positive but we will 
find out during the week. Next week may be our last show before Christmas. Yes, before Christmas. Yeah. And on uh, New Year's Eve will actually be the Saturday before New Year's Eve, but we'll be here as we flip over into midnight. It will be New Year's Eve. We will have the Crispin family on with us early in the show. Mm -hmm. And um, Joseph, as he said when he was here back in July, Mom, Dad, I've got this. Yeah, and and, uh, Joseph has talked to his manager, so he's he's all set to do an appearance on the show again. Very much looking forward to it. He's got a lot of things to say. Uh, Also, I'm very happy because we are going to slip into New Year's Eve with Wayne Baker Brooks. Wayne Baker Brooks has a show coming up. He was one of our favorite uh, in-studio guests yeah. earlier this year, so yeah. we thought it'd be kind of fun to have him back to wrap up the year. And he wants to tell you about a show that he's coming. He's got coming up on. I guess it's the eighth of uh, no, no. Well, he'll tell us. About yeah, it's a Sunday night. Yeah, and it's at um, the City Winery. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Empty Pockets are there next Sunday night. Yeah, not today, not to, not today, tonight, but, but next, a week from yeah, next today, Sunday night. tonight. And just a few tickets are available, and that's their Christmas show, and we're looking forward to that. So, and if you want to get to us, you can always email us at email us at steveandjohnny.com. And we would really like if you would check out our blog. The address of our blog is steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. That's steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. And we'd love it if you would subscribe to our blog. It doesn't cost you anything, and we don't spam you. Uh, but what you get is you get an email when we post another blog post, mm-hmm. which we do a couple times a week. And you will always find the links to the show's podcast and the bumps that we played during the show. And uh, some behind-the-scenes photos and stuff like that will uh, show up on our blog. So we'd love it if you would subscribe to our blog. And uh, follow us throughout the week, because whatever happens in our world, we share with you uh, on our blog and on our Facebook page. In this past week, a little decorating happened outside our house on Thursday, because the temperatures were unusually mild for December. And we posted pictures of the outside of the house. And thank you all for... for and again, Lou Manfredini had, had nothing, nothing to, to do, do with decorating. <laughs> Did you like that? Uh, I, the whole idea that, that um, yeah, our friend Lou came and decorated... Our, no, he did, so no, 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 he did no, not. No, 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 no. Uh, Lister Uh-oh. says... Well, a listener said, there's something wrong. My lights are flicking. Yeah. What's happening? And, and, and our lights are flicking, yes. and I I, uh-huh. I hear the Zamboni in the background. Yes. That means we got to get out of here, and it's yeah. uh, time for the last call. So if you would like to be our last caller, 312-981-7200. That number again is 312-981-7200. And if you are our last caller, you can win some goodies from the prize closet. You cannot have won anything from this here radio station in the past 60 days. Right. And if you have a problem with a prize that for whatever... You got a problem with that. Don't take it to Facebook. That's really ugly. There are people you can talk to behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, it, 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 uh, and, th- and things occasionally happen. It happens, yeah. Things slip through the cr- the cracks, and um, no, don't don't do that. It's it, you don't look yeah, good. Too, too many people want the, their default is I'm going to get mad about that rather yeah. than okay. Let me call so and so. Who were we having a conversation with? 
earlier this week, or was it just me having a conversation with somebody about... Uh, <laughs> it was it uh, the voices in your head. <laughs> oh, no, I know who it was. Hmm. It was um, one of the people at the car dealership. Okay. And I was responding to a survey, and they were surprised that I called back because I, I was giving them lots of positive feedback. That's right. And he said, you know, A, I'm surprised you call back. Most yes. people don't. And B... Most people, when they choose to contact mm-hmm. us, it's because they want to complain about something. I, I'm so happy he said that because yeah. I every single time I have received flowers, and I'm fortunate, I have received gorgeous mm-hmm. flowers from Steve, from his brother, from family. I mean, especially at the holidays, and that's not a hint. But if you want to send me flowers, go ahead. But I always call the florist. And invariably, the florist will pick up the phone, and you can tell. They're apprehensive. Oh, oh you're calling to complain say, about something? No, no, no. I'm calling to tell you these flowers are spectacular. And you hear the, the person on the other end go, You can hear the, oh. Really? And I say, yes. I'm going to take this to Facebook. I'm going to share it on your page, blah, 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 blah. And, and it happens every single time they're shocked. They go, yeah. no one ever calls to thank us. Yeah. And if the flowers are gorgeous, I know they were paid for, but oh my gosh. But think about that, and I know we have to break. So many people say, oh, Facebook or social media is so toxic because most of the people who are posting are complaining about something rather than saying, you know. This is good. Susie Snowflake was really nice to me. (laughs) Oh, Susie Snowflake. (laughs) Okay. All right. Last call coming up, 312-981-7200. Remember, you don't have to be scared. This is not a test. This is just us. And please don't scare us because we're we're easily frightened and confused. We're just asking you to be the cherry on the top of our night. And we've had a very good night. Yes. So all you have to do is just tell us what's happening in your world. Maybe you got some Christmas, some holiday plans. What's Sunday going to be like? What'd you have for dinner? What are you going to have for a late night snack? Nothing serious, nothing difficult. And you could walk away from with prizes if you are our last caller. So give it a shot at 312-981- 7200 and we'll be right back after this on WGN. Yeah. All right people. Yeah. Yep. It's time to go home. Yep. 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 Losing time. Closing time. Head on out. So, let's go. You don't have to go home. Yeah, yeah, you, you really kind of do. But you can't stay mm-hmm. here. No, you can't stay here. And no, we're not going to play any more of that. No. And again, for anybody wanting to hear the rest of it, it's the closing song by Red Peters. You can find it. Uh, oh, go to YouTube, and uh, you will hear what happens after that. Mm-hmm. And what happens after that we think is hilarious, but you will <laughs> never hear it on this radio station. <laughs> you know what? You're the biggest tease in the world because I probably answer a half dozen yeah. requests every week. What was that song again? How can I find it? It's the closing song by Red Peters. Did he ever do anything else? Because he's got a great voice. I think he has an album out. I'm not positive. but We I should think get so. him on the show <laughs> and tell him we play him every week. You know, we should. We pay, we pay eight, we play 18 Julian, minutes. there is your assignment. Should you choose to, and we didn't get to talk to Julian. Julian tonight. No, Hi, Julian. Did. Hi, Julian. Hello. Hi. Hi. You've been here long? <laughs> I, I just got in. <laughs> okay. I'm kicking the snow off. 
<laughs> uh, Julian took some pictures tonight of Bobby Rush. That was such a kick. Yeah. That was so it fun. Was he was It was. Oh. I, oh, but I, but I want to have his energy yes. when I'm his. Again, Bobby Rush, if you, if you didn't catch it, it'll be on the podcast. 90 years old. You would not know it. He's and just. Oh, he's wonderful. He knows almost 400 songs, and he said he could sing like 375 of them. I'm up, up, up. And I believe him. I'm stunned. I believe him. Yeah. Yeah. Never smoked, never drank. Nope. Well, had three beers. Had three beers. He remembers the date. With Muddy Waters. I love that. He remembered 1957 when he had three beers, and that was it, his entire life. Anyway. Julian, if you could track down Red Peters and tell him that we play his song every week, 18 seconds. And make sure that he doesn't try to sing the rest of that song if we get him on the show. Mission accepted. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, In fact, Julian, I think since you just showed up, (laughs) I think you should get to pick the last caller. Your your first assignment is picking the last caller. (laughs) Okay. All right. Who gave you the most money? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to put her on blast, but I want to say, Jane, slip me a Franklin. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. You're so easy, too. All right. That means Jane is, in fact, Hi, Jane. last caller. Hi. Hi, Jane. Oh, Where are you calling it's from? It's an honor and a thrill to talk to you both. I'm oh, calling from you... Hawthorne Woods. Hawthorne Woods? And, yes. and, and why are you up at this hour? Um, I just got home a short time ago after babysitting the grandkids while mm-hmm. their parents went to a Christmas party downtown. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. And did they come home and regale you with tales of, I'm never going downtown again. Parking is just abysmal. Oh, they love going downtown. Good. They lived downtown for a while. Good. And then they moved out to the sub, back to the suburbs. Yeah. They, you know, lived well. for a while. And so... Yeah, it's good to have them back. Well, good. I had friends that went to a wedding downtown the other day, and she said, it was a lovely wedding, but if I'd known it was so difficult parking, I wouldn't have gone. And I'm like, really? Oh, I know. That's my, that's my, my, the crux of, you know, why we don't go to downtown more often, yeah. too. So. Yeah. Wow. So what's on the agenda for Sunday now that you've been worn out by the grandkids? <laughs> Well, I'm going to sleep late. Good, because because uh, I'm still working full time. So, oh, what, what do you uh, do? Monday, Monday will, you know, be back to the mm-hmm. back to work. Back to work. What do you do? I am a special ed job coach oh. for a local high school district. Really? Um, what a fascinating yeah, I, job! Yeah, it is. It's a very cool job. I work with special ed young adults at a job site, one of many of job sites that our district has, mm-hmm. and um, try to give these kids some job training that they might be able to parlay into a job in the future. Have you heard our conversations about Will's place in Skokie? I have not. Oh, my gosh. You Will's? need to become familiar with Will's Place. Will's Place I is will. a cafe. I'll look, I'll look it up. It's open five days a week. It's closed mm-hmm. on, on Sunday and Monday. It is a fabulous place. It has the, the presently wh- hired 21 mm. uh, disabled young people. The website is com, and we first found out about it through our friends, The Empty Pockets. Uh, Josh from the Empty Pockets, his brother is Will, Will. and Will is nonverbal. 
Um, he graduated from uh, uh, Niles North High School. He was prom king. Uh, and it, when he turned 21, his mom said uh, there are no jobs for him. He doesn't want to bag groceries at Jewel. And God bless Jewel for hiring him. But he wants something more. And he loved making chocolate chip cookies, so they got this idea we could start a cafe. And they now hire 21 or 22 young people who have various challenges in their life. Some are autistic, and it's just amazing. Can I tell you, we have a very, very similar place here um, in Arlington Heights in the school district that I work in. Okay. And it's called Jerry's Cafe with a G. I just heard of it. We've heard of that. Yes. Yes. Yes, did, it's uh, it's very similar. I think and Jerry's they, got a nice plug in the Tribune the other day. Yes, along yes. with Will's place in the yes. same article. Mm-hmm. Yes, that they should start a network. That of is so cool. Some of these places that that, that help special needs uh, people find well, Jane, employment. Uh, um, the mom. Um, Joan, uh, who really was the one that said we're going to make this Will's place happen, mm-hmm. she has heard from India, where they have cafes in India. Right. And I said, wow, and we just seem to be kind of plodding along. And thank, mm-hmm. in her case, thankfully, this, the city, the village of Skokie stepped up and said, you know, we are going to help you make this happen. And yay for Arlington Heights for doing the same thing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great place. It's only been open, I want to say, maybe six months or so. That's same with and, Will's place. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That and, is so um, cool. Several of my stu- my former students are employees there now, mm-hmm. and it warms my heart when I walk in there and they see me and recognize me, yeah. and, and I can give them some business and you know make make them happy by yeah. being productive. Oh my and, gosh! And in the working world, that is so cool. Th- th- there should be more education to the rest of us about the abilities special needs people have. For example, mm-hmm. when Will was in the studio with us, he may be nonverbal, but he understands everything. Oh, yeah. And yes. I think that is the case with many of them. They may be focused yep. in a different way than we are, but they're us with different needs. Yeah. Very true. Absolutely. Well, I think you should sleep in at least until 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. (laughs) I mean, that's late for you, right? It is. (laughs) And then you should probably do a little Christmas shopping online so that you don't have to get out of your pajamas, okay? I have your permission, You do. Yes, ma'am. I'll I'll write you a note if you need it. Because honestly, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm also going to make a blueberry casserole. I've never made a blueberry casserole. But I'm making that for my girlfriends who are coming for breakfast on Monday, and you have to start oh, it one nice. day. Yeah, got to do it the day before so it gets nice and yeah, juicy okay. and yummy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're going to get your very own WGN retro t shirt, and right. you're going to get the uh, American Weathermakers desktop weather station, <gasps> which is wildly Yay. popular. Yes. So hang on. Yay. And oh, thank you so much. Thank you Great so much. Hold on. We'll get some information from you off the air. Uh, next week, we start at our regular, regular time. time. Yes. What? Yeah, I know. We do. Okay. And, and again, it, it may be, we need to double check some things, but it may be our last show before Christmas. So we got to squeeze in a whole bunch of holly jolly next week, if that's the case. And we'll have Susie Boggess on the show, and we're going to talk to the guy who wrote the book, A Christmas at the Movies. And we're going to talk to you guys, too. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, and you can get to us uh, anytime. Just uh, email mm-hmm. us at uh, email us at stephenjohnny.com. And check our Facebook page because I try to put up pictures on our way home. We'll see what I come up with tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us. Stay safe. 